welcome to the 42nd episode of the Toledo Matters Podcast. With you, as always, is your host, Bob Tucker, your co-host, Danny Woodcock, and myself, Nathan Lewis. Welcome, everybody. Today, welcome, we... Welcome. Yeah, we have uh, some guys from Found Fodder. We have Scott Bowman and Matt Rubin talking about the existing restaurant and their new, uh, the new restaurant that's going to be opening up downtown. Which should uh, be pretty exciting. I'm psyched about yeah. it. Yeah. They yeah. have amazing food. Oh, and from you'll like hear we more saying, about it, but it's it's just yeah those chicken and waffles and just the, the kind amount of, toast, of you millennial Come the on. amount of work that goes into <laughs> it and you know for getting all these fresh things and and just the specialized menu all the it's, local farms yeah, yeah. it's pretty so pretty cool you'll hear all about that in a minute but we'll get uh, into it. yeah what are you guys been up to anything fun oh I've been doing all the Toledo I'm just stuff let Nate yeah I think I pretty much Nate did every I did all the Toledo stuff with the whole group so yeah go for it. <laughs> We went to uh, we went to the new bar on top of the Renaissance yep. called the Heights. Yep, it is awesome. It is. I believe the word is it's on fleet. Is that right? Are you? <laughs> is that right? Is that what the cool kids are saying for a cool place? It's definitely fleek. Fleek on fleek. <laughs> are okay. you serious? You did that? that wasn't a purposeful mistake. No, no. I was just. I thought I had. I've been thinking about that all day. I should have looked it up. I guess. <laughs> So they're on fleek, correct, Danny? Yeah, you can't have any avocado toast. <laughs> uh, I, okay. But it's really cool. Rooftop bar, floor-to-ceiling glass walls, the cool drink menu. up there is so nice, and, too. And the, the prices are reasonable. They're not that bad. Yep. You know, I mean, Manhattan anywhere is $8, and they have like a yep. fancy one. It was really good. So definitely that was cool. Yep. Uh, then we went to the new Tony Paco's on Secor just opened. All Very the nice. Same, all on the same trip. Uh, no, this was a different night. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's a that small one. looks one. really cool. It is. It's yeah. small, but it's, it's very nice. It's mm-hmm. got the Tony Paco's vibe. It has a, a drive through. through yeah. So if you want a Ooh. quick, quick hot dog. And then this I'd weekend, I went to my favorite Toledo thing in the world, the German American Festival. <laughs> Love it. It is the coolest place. Jawohl. If you have not been to the German American Festival, you need to check it out next oh, year. Oh, it. Ziggy zaggy, ziggy zaggy. Oi, oi, oi. The glockenspiel and just, and the, the setup this year was actually much different and, and way better. Yeah. Way better. Because we the sound uh, from the stage you can actually hear, it was really good. We were volunteering at that, uh, the Brat place in between the two stages on Friday night. Yep. And man. Packed. Packed. Yeah. Packed. Yeah. Especially that area. Yeah. If that was, if there were walls, it would have been wall to wall, but it was tent to tent. That was fun. So that's, that's what I've been up to. Yeah. That's busy. I was on vacation a little bit, went to Hocking Hills, which was. No sh- Yeah. Actually, I was there right after you. I no think. way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. We were there with uh, all the grandkids on my wife's side. So like eight kids, ages eight and under and seven adults. Loved Just, it. Yeah. A lot, a lot of fun. Uh, then we went over to Cuyahoga Valley National Park, which I'm National Park in amazing. Ohio that yeah. I've never been to. How so. was that? It was pretty neat. Did you go to the Brandywine Falls over there? Uh, I'm trying to... We saw one fall. I don't remember what it was called. But the main thing we did it was... It was probably brand new. I think you, there's only one. You can bike down the tow, the towpath along the old right. canal. Yep. And then just toss your bike into this scenic train that'll take you back to where you started. And oh, that, nice. So that was pretty cool. That is That's really awesome. Cool. Um, but yeah, then this past week, just back to work, uh, had a friend of mine in from Alaska who brought some oh. awesome salmon. So that was oh, good. God. And then... Like smoked salmon? No, fresh. No. Never no, frozen. No, no, no. Mm. <laughs> like Wendy's? Are we nope. talking about food again at dinner time? Yeah, I, I know. Now. I know. <laughs> so yeah, stop. that's what I've been up to. How about you, Danny? Uh, to keep it brief, checked out the, the new mountain bike trail at the Oak Openings Metro Parks that... There's like some it's 10 awesome. foot bridge, like 10 foot tall bridge people can ride on. No, there's a, thank and there's, you. There's a, there's a teeter totter that so you yep. go up it and then it 
it turns there's like a wood s curve that's carved uh it's a it, really it's cool an intense trail. mountain biking trail yeah it's awesome too intense for me and then i <laughs> ran into nate at the gaff had a good time yeah um you know now we're here it's monday it's time for dinner yeah, yeah. let's go for sure um, so as a last note i just want to uh ask all of our loyal listeners as much as I hate it, it's very important for podcasts to have a high rating and comments that are positive on iTunes. Subscribe and review. So please subscribe. <laughs> and if you do subscribe, leave us a review and, and give us five stars. It, it helps. Don't be honest. Give show. us five stars. Yeah, just give us the five stars <laughs> and, and it helps us get more people listening to the show. And buy Actual Coffee. With the Toledo Matters coupon code at actualcoffee.com. Yeah. All right. Well, without further ado, here are the folks from Fallen Fighter, Scott Bowman, Matt Rubin. With us today, we have Scott Bowman and Matt Rubin to talk to us about a fun restaurant called Fallen Fodder. Welcome, Welcome guys. guys. Thank you. Thank you. And, nice yeah. And uh, so we'll talk a bit about the restaurant. And uh, I know you're opening a new one downtown. Oh, but, yeah. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about who you guys are. Um, how about Scott? Let's talk with you. Are, are you from the area? Are you from elsewhere? What? You know what? I, I grew up uh, outside of Youngstown. And, okay. Uh, Came here in 2000 to go to UT, um, got through my first semester, failed my second, failed my third and my fourth. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I wasn't like the all-star student, I would say, you know, college life was too good to me. But um, I realized at one point that I, I knew restaurants and I knew how to do those and uh, started that when I was 20 and I've really been only doing restaurants now for 15 years. So uh, it just makes sense. I, I don't know what I would do. I'd I don't know, go work on a farm or something, I guess, if I wasn't yeah. in restaurants. Yeah. So that's why. And eventually at some point you're like, wait a minute, I can do this myself. Why am I working for the man? And here we are with Fallon Fodder. Yeah. And Matt, are you from town? Or are you from elsewhere? I'm not. I'm originally from the Metro Detroit area. And uh, similar to Scott, came to Toledo uh, 2007 to go to school at University of Toledo. And um, uh Graduated, 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 thank God, <laughs> and uh, did my MBA there and was really involved on campus. I um, I started off playing football for a few years and uh, it was a blast doing that and uh, then got into uh, student government, was student government president for a few years. And Oh, yeah, fancy. Them. <laughs> yeah. And so we worked on uh, some campus bike initiatives. So now there's a, a Rockets bike share. It was kind of a product of some of the stuff we were doing. So um, cool. It's been great. And then uh, met my wife, who's also a UT grad, uh, attorney uh, in town at East Men Smith. And uh, we're expecting our first kid oh, this December. Really excited! Yeah, that was a He's a boy. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so uh, didn't you get the homecoming king once? I remember playing with the crown at your place. I think so. Yep. Had, had you think so? Okay. <laughs> Humility. Um, <laughs> but uh, worked my day jobs at Heart Associates, so an advertising agency in town, uh, working with some people around the Toledo area. Really like it. And uh, my wife and I have lived in, lived in downtown Toledo for about the last five six years. And started to see uh, all the momentum, all the really exciting things starting and thought, you know, hey, what what better opportunity uh, than to just hop right in and get involved in it. So I uh, uh, got a couple of buddies and pulled some cash and bought a vacant building. And a couple of years later, uh, met Scott and, uh, and Alicia and some great partners. And we're going to have an excellent restaurant opening up here pretty soon. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, sidebar, uh, I think you got a neat story. How'd you find your house? Oh, yeah. You know, if you want to get the full story, uh, you could check it out on HGTV's House Hunters. Yeah. Uh, so we, 
Uh, it wasn't exactly the way that we found the house, <laughs> but uh, but it was a good story and talked a lot about the, so it's the drama, of downtown. the dramatization thereof, right? It was. We, we kind of you know played along a little bit and we played up the story, but but they came here and they they talked about good stuff happening in Toledo, so we, yeah. were, we were excited about That's it. That's good. Now, Scott, you said you you've had twenty years in restaurants. Not all those have been found fodder. So, what'd you do before you decided to start your own restaurant? Um, I was uh, worked for Ruby Tuesday for twelve years. Uh, they are fantastic people to work for, but, um, I don't know, maybe a decade ago, I started to see the writing on the wall for all those concepts. Uh, mm. there's just better food, better options elsewhere. And they were kind of this Goliath of a business that could never really move or make any kind of real movement. So, uh, got to learn my experience, got to learn a lot on their dime, um, open, <laughs> which, which you have to do. If you open a restaurant, you have to work in a restaurant. Don't, don't ever think if you're a truck driver, you can just <laughs> open up a mom and pop shop and serve eggs cause you'll fail. But, uh, at least it's a good chance you will. But um, but no, I, I traveled. I, I opened up uh, nine locations uh, on the East Coast. I taught service in 74 restaurants, and I ran a couple different locations and um, made the company a lot of money. And then, uh, yeah, I just, my wife and I were actually out on the trail. We were walking, and uh, she used some kind of her, uh, you know, her influence, I would say, <laughs> to say, you know, you should do this yourself. I don't yeah. think it's time. And that's when we started the thought process. That was back in 2014. 2013. Wow, it's been time flies, man. <laughs> so long time ago, right? You know, some of you guys were still babies then. And uh, Danny, <laughs> just Danny, okay, <laughs> just one person in the room. Yeah. So yeah, he was um, he was finishing up his freshman year, and I was uh, deciding to open Fallon Fodder, and I um, wanted to do something that was different than what everybody else did. The the two roles for the restaurant were we have to have a menu different than what anybody else does in Toledo, and we got introduced everybody in Toledo to all this local produce, agriculture, small batch suppliers that are all prevalent and are doing, you know, amazing things, but nobody knows about them. There's yeah. no place you can go. So we're like, well, what, what can we find? Who's doing cool stuff? How can we use that cool stuff and, and make something really cool? And that's kind of our core audience are the people that are really interested in the local food scene, the local food movement and supporting the community. So that was, those are the two prerequisites to the restaurant. The name, uh, don't ask me how I got the name. Okay, <laughs> if, that, if that question comes up, I don't know. Okay, yeah, I like veg. the name, but it's a great name. Yeah, it's you know, cool. You know, we actually figured out a use for it. Like we do a lot of vegetarian, so that's the fodder part because yeah, fodder is yeah. barn feed. Mm -hmm. And then fowl, it's a pretty, pretty, you know, poultry heavy menu for the most part. So you know, it, it kind of makes sense, but yeah. uh, it just had a good, certain ring to it. And I don't even know if I can still say it properly with my Eastern Ohio accent. But <laughs> as long as everybody else can, that's sure. all right. And we got a. a badass uh, logo too recently from jacob parr oh, oh hey, hey. Yes. front of the show yeah he's a great guy and he's he saw it he, we had him do some other work and he goes really want to take a stab at this logo and at this point i dropped thousands of dollars and having other people try to redesign it didn't like anything and uh, he just nailed it on his first try so we were we he, did, have, he did our logo too yeah, so yeah, he, we yeah. we give him all the praises always he's for amazing sure. yeah, yeah he awesome is. dude and i recall you did a kickstarter that's before. correct too so, Okay, two. so tell me about that process, and, and why did um, you do two? Well, <laughs> probably one, one, one wasn't store. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we do one, but no, we we did the original one. Um, if you look at Kickstarter, just fascinated me. It's a it's a fantastic community. There's people doing amazing things on it. Um, I love it's very art art oriented, and I love the community behind it. And secondly, it's it's a great marketing opportunity as well. So you get. Your name out there, you generate a ton of buzz. Um, so the first time around, we, we had somewhat of a cash deficit and it was probably more than what we actually did our Kickstarter for, but we did a $20,000 Kickstarter. And at, I don't know, maybe the last week before the campaign was out, it was like the number one thing looked at on the internet 
um, in Toledo, a, a nice. huge, I mean, we just, we got a ton of traction behind it and pushed it through. Um, two days beforehand, uh, before it actually ended, we were $5,000 short still of uh, hitting our goal. And I mean, you talk about stress, like the ups and the downs of, of a lot of things, but Kickstarters especially, it's a, um, it's a crazy ride, but uh, ended up pulling through like 12 hours before the campaign ended, hit our goal. You can find all those people that supported us at our central location. And then we wanted to convert to cold press juices. So we have uh, this new cold press system we're going to put into place over the next few weeks. And that was what the second Kickstarter was for. And I think we did that one for 15 grand. We almost hit 20 grand on that one. So the community has been there to support us through this whole thing. It's just been amazing watching yeah. people kind yeah. of come out of the woodwork and help us out. It's been awesome. What is the cold press juice thing? So, so you can do juice a few different ways. And, um, you want to get the most, you know, enzymes, nutrients, all the, the good stuff out of it. Sure. You got a cold press. It doesn't heat up the, it, there's no heat involved in the process. So all the natural enzymes remain in the juice. Um, right. So you're getting a better quality product. And from a restaurant perspective, we get about two to three ounces more of juice out of a pound of the, the fruit and the veggies than we do with our current system. So we can, for a comparable price, offer a considerably better product that's a lot more consistent and cool. has considerably more nutrient benefits than what you would get from our current um, centrifugal juicer that we use. Yeah, I have one of those, and it, it just like obliterates everything you put in there for sure. And then, and then you got to clean it out when you're done. That's yeah. the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty seconds to make a juice in fifteen minutes with yeah. the sprayer. <laughs> and if you don't do it right away, it's like an hour of cleaning. Oh yeah. <laughs> Give it to the dog, let him lick it out, or something. I don't know. <laughs> So you talked a little bit about your philosophy of, of the kind of foods you, you want at the restaurant. Uh, can you give some examples of some of your favorite dishes you've had in, in your time? Yeah, and you know what? It's um, The constraints of the restaurant is we decided it's a sandwich shop. We do soups and salads. So um, keep everything within those bounds, which is fun. Um, when I want to get creative, we do farm dinners with our local farms and five, six, seven courses of just off-the-wall stuff. So I, I like to take things that people aren't familiar with ingredients that people wouldn't normally use or know what to do with and make it something accessible. So you try it, you're like, this is really good. And it's like, well, you could, this is what I use, try it. And, you know, obviously there's some technique and skill work into developing those specific flavors, but I love taking things that people maybe won't try otherwise and offering it in a way that is accessible and they try it and they love it. And kind of, I love introducing people to new food. I think it's one of the best things about owning a restaurant. Well, I'll tell you, my, my kids always dug the tater tots when you were doing Okay. Them. You know, we got so, them again. You, you got to come in at breakfast time. Okay. Back. My wife is also a huge tater tot fan. You know, tater tots, as well. they're awesome. But you know, you would never guess that literally shredding potatoes and cooking them could be one of the most difficult things in a <laughs> yeah. restaurant. Yeah. But I, I get, I'm attesting from my own firsthand experience, like they are not easy. Yeah, but they're back again at breakfast time. They're just a little bit different this time around. And I think Matt over here is a—he can say himself he's a fan. So big time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a big breakfast guy, and there's no other breakfast in town like like Fallon fodder. When it, when it comes to the the taste, the mm, fantastic. Yeah, we do our own meats and everything too. You just you just taste the difference. I mean, you got to our stuff's more expensive because we pay three times the price as everybody else for what we purchase. But uh, I when, think you can taste it. So when you say you do your own meats, what do you mean? Well, um, since we're on, uh, you know, recording here, I uh, make our own sausage and it's great. And so, oh yeah, that's fun. <laughs> and uh, we may do a few other things along the way too, but uh, yeah, that, you know, something about, it's like five ingredients I put in this sausage and it just tastes better than any place else. And we make a point to try 
breakfast food every place we go and say, is ours mm -hmm. better, is ours worse? And so, so a breakfast sausage you're talking? Yes. So, so it's a fresh sausage, you're not like dry curing it or anything? No, no, not at this time. Yeah. I believe Bob's a sausage. Bob's a sausage maker we'll, we'll, we'll talk off, off, <laughs> yeah. off camera. But, okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, my problem with making sausage and I think it's everybody's problem is just like keeping everything ice cold the whole time. Oh yeah, so if you it grind break. it. Yeah, you want the the pork to be almost frozen. And yeah, then throw everything else in the freezer too. That's that's the and key. In between every step, yeah, that's always. Better. And if you're doing that dry cure, it's all about the humidity and ambient temperature. Those. Yeah, we, we should talk off there because okay. I want to run an idea by it. Bob always seems Sausage to extract geeks. recipes from people. Oh no, it's true. Well, what do you know? Yeah, that's what true. can I learn from you? Hey, hey. I didn't put two and two together. Don't now I get the whole reason why I'm here right now. Yeah. Is I figured it out. Bob's fry game has gone through the roof since we had uh, Rust, Rusty. Rust. Since we had Rusty on the show, yeah. No comment. No comment. So, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about some of your suppliers that are yeah. nearby and and sure. just like give some examples of. of of local suppliers you guys use? Yeah, so uh, pork. Uh, pork comes from Weber Ranch out in Wayne, Ohio. They're, uh, they're pasture-raised, and that's important to us. Pasture-raised is something that means the animal lives on pasture the entire time. They forage, and then sometimes they're supplemented uh, with other grains, sometimes they're not. So that's what Weber does with their birds and their pork. What, what kind of pigs do they have? Do you know? They have uh, Berkshires, 100% okay. yeah. Berk. Yeah. Um, we got another supplier, uh, Gunthorpe, that does our chicken for us because we go through so much, and they do uh, Durox, and they're just huge beast of a of a hog a lot of fun to play with with those too yeah. <laughs> uh, canal junction farms start to finish grass-fed beef uh, from start to finish most grass feds finished on grain not theirs has a different flavor than normal beef um, Wait, so where, where's the beef place it's in defiance ohio oh wow okay yeah, it's about 40 minutes away they do yeah. a farm pickup every other wednesday on flanders you get on, you order what you want, you pick it up. So there's what were they called again? Sorry. Canal Junction. Canal Junction. I'm going to check They do out. cheese too. They have a, an award-winning cheese called Charlo. It's a soft uh, soft cheese that they age for several months, and it's fantastic. I think it's been on Rachel Ray, or it's about to be on Rachel Ray. It's, it's that mm, big of a cheese deal. Cheese is good. Yeah, I like cheese. <laughs> and we got, I mean, we have about, on any given week, it's 22 to 26 different people's products in our restaurant. Uh, mm. All individual small batch, shared legacy farms. That's awesome. Studio audience loves. And that's kind of loves. the stuff like you were saying earlier that you could never at Ruby Tuesdays say, hey, this is how we should do our food. It just wouldn't be logistically possible to service that many restaurants with that type of stuff. No, there's, there's like a, stuff. Uh, I don't know, size. There's probably some some fancy name for it that it just wouldn't work. But <laughs> right. uh, Chipotle is trying to make it happen, but I think they had to go to Australia to find the beef, if I remember correctly. So well, yeah, even... and they're not doing such a great job. There's some other problems too. Yeah. Work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sold my stocks early. That was <laughs> right, yeah. We wish him the best of luck, though, at Chipotle. But, um, no, we you know, we have 22 other people that are like that. And then a lot of things that we buy, we purchase, we also work on ourselves. So we uh, used to purchase bread. Uh, we do that in-house now. Um, we have three different strands of... Uh, we have a nice big scoby going with three different flavors of kombucha right now. We're messing around with that. Ooh. Um, we're, you know, lacto-fermented food. We buy that right now from the brinery. But we've been messing around with some lacto-fermented... Uh, carrots and some different pickles of sorts so if we can do it and we can do it better we we want to do it because it's, it's kind of what we do we're scratch made yeah so. no, that's great uh and, and i guess we haven't really said exactly where your current restaurant is you, you mentioned it's on central but if you, what's the address for folks who don't? you know what if you go past myers where city barbecue is we're three doors down from city barbecue before you hit king right that's correct yeah, yeah. right before king yeah. yeah 24 seats don't come in between uh 
right. <laughs> 12 and 1 unless you, you have some time to wait though it, just, it gets a little crowded in there so it's yeah. worth it though if you get there and it's a 15 minute wait or something it's it's well worth hanging out and, and, and eating there definitely Bob's just mm-hmm. at your homepage over here scrolling through these images of food <laughs> well I'm yeah. recording right at dinner time I'm dying <laughs> that, that is true <laughs> We always do that to ourselves. <laughs> I, I noticed you're catering to the uh, stereotypical millennial with your avocado toast. Yes, you, know, you got to do that. Got to do that. You know what? It's like oh our second God. biggest seller, too. You know, it's yeah. like... It's healthy. Like, it's good. If you build it, they will come, I think is what yeah, that's no, That's great. That's great. So let, let's talk a little bit about, um, about, about the new restaurant. So, uh, Matt, you mentioned you guys have a building in downtown Toledo, and you, mm-hmm. you hooked up with Scott uh, to have satellite office i mean i don't know how you're calling it but um a, a new found fodder restaurant downtown uh where's the building uh you want to tell us a little bit about some of the challenges getting it started yeah definitely the building is located on adams street uh, between huron and erie uh, so it's adams but closer to the river um central business district area more so than uptown right next to bleak house yeah yep correct i think right the last right. thing that was in there was weekdays yep. if i remember right which was a lunch spot that lasted less than a year i think but I think maybe a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. It, it seemed pretty quick <laughs> to me. Stay there till everything broke. It looked like is what they did. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, uh, I mean, it's a great location. It's um, when we were looking to get into uh, real estate downtown. I mean, location is the biggest thing that you know that you can factor in. So knowing that Prometica was coming into um, the steam plant area, uh, some of the other development that was going on um, with housing and you know where LaSalle apartment is, and so strategically, that's a great place. It is a great, a great, a great place. <laughs> Uh, strategically, it was a good uh, a good spot for us, and the block itself is is unique and interesting downtown uh, because uh, you know you'll look around downtown and you'll see a lot of empty spaces, parking lots, and they call them kind of missing teeth uh, down along the streets. And so, at least on the the side of the street where Fowl and Fodder is, uh, it's complete with every single parcel you know connected on the block. And so, it's got a really you know cool, unique character feel to it that when you see. Uh, developers go out and try to, you know, build new shopping centers and things. You know, they they try to draw on that kind of character, but you just you can't. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to replicate. And these buildings were built uh, in the late 1800s. Wow, um, been standing forever. I mean, you've got steel beams and bricks that were, um, you know, I mean, late late by guys that were, you know. Yeah, hundreds, yeah. hundreds, hundreds of years ago. I mean, Did we right. find a really old cup in there or something when we were going through there? That yeah, one yeah, we did. We um, so the building had been covered up for over 50 years by this metal. Uh, sheet. So we didn't even know if there were really windows or anything underneath and took took kind of a gamble. And that was a decision Scott, Scott and I made to, to go in and do that. And so as we pulled it off, um, there were some holes in the brick uh, and pulled out this little uh, paper coffee cup yeah. and looked at it. And it was like this old school Walgreens um, <laughs> cup. And it was like, you know, what the heck is this? Like, where was a Walgreens? Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. went onto the library's website and looked up in their photos in time, a Walgreens and across the street where there's now a magic walk uh, in a parking lot that used to, that, uh, and Jennifer snack, Jennifer snack. Yep. Can't forget the, uh, our friends over there. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, that it was, it was a giant Walgreens, you know, building right there. So, you know, that kind of helped us date w- at what time that metal sheet came up on there. It was probably the same time the, the Walgreens was there. And the guy who did it said, well, I'm going to take my cup and I'm going to stick it in this hole and maybe somebody will find it. And yeah. in 50 years, <laughs> it was a nice, probably, uh, not purposeful time capsule. Yeah, like a little time capsule. Yeah. So you, you guys didn't even get to see the condition the building was in before you were able to buy it? 
We saw the, the condition, but the, the facade, it had a, a metal a metal covering over it. Okay. Um, and then the photos that I'd been able to find of the building uh, back from the 60s on the, the library website had the exact same cover. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but, so yeah. you got to go inside. You just couldn't see what the actual outside wall looked like without taking that covering off. Right. Correct. Right. right. Interesting. Yep. At one point, was at the library, and they, they brought out some photos and had given me, like, the white gloves to look through them. And there <laughs> yep. was... And it was yeah. like just a hair of the side of this building was in one of the photos and you could like almost make out the three windows and that was enough where it was like, you know what, they got to be under there. Let's, let's yeah. give it a try. <laughs> That's cool. And they were there? They were. They were, there. They were cinder blocked up, but uh, yeah. this week we've, we're going to be having, uh, having those put in with glass. So I, I work over in that neck of the woods and walk down that street a bit. So I, I anticipate frequenting your establishment. <laughs> Uh, but I've noticed you guys have been pretty hard at work doing all sorts of stuff there other than taking down the facade. What, what else have you been uh, up to? Oh boy. Let's see. So we, uh, yeah, the facade's down and then we're replacing the bottom third of the building with glass windows will go in. Um, there's an, I think the HVAC guy said the furnace was 60 some years old. I remember correctly. Wow. It, it was his age, um, <laughs> which was pretty cool. So we replaced that, um, new hood systems, new hot water heater, um, painted everything, tore down all the old, um, ceiling tiles, lights, everything. It's all new in there. The only, the only thing we kept is a stairwell. Um, and then a banister railing that we ended up just staining again. Um, used to be open, used to be like a hot buffet type place, I guess, weekdays. Mm-hmm. And uh, build a wall to block off the kitchen, but a nice glass window inside of it so you can see back and see us prep the food while uh, while you wait. And then we built a bar too, beautiful uh, bar with a, a Cuyahoga marble top, Ooh. six bar stools. So we'll have signature cocktails down there. And just like, oh, nice. Yeah, just like with everything we do, they're going to be unique and they're going to be different. Um, we're going to do seven or eight. It's not going to be a full bar. We're just going to have these are the drinks we make, take them or leave them. And mm-hmm. then we'll have our, our juicer back there too. So we'll use some of that. But they'll be liquor drinks, right? Like, it will be so liquor. you have a liquor license then? Correct. We have to, um, once we get through our, we get our food license, then um, two to four weeks out, we should have our liquor license as well. We did all of our appropriate paperwork. Very cool. So we have uh, Toledo, Toledo Spirits are so close to being yeah. able to um, distribute here soon. So we'll use their products. Got cool. a few other people on the list too. And we won't have wine, but we'll have beer. We're going to work with a few different breweries and have some really cool beer in there as well. That's great. Sweet. Yeah. And, and so... Um, do you anticipate the menu to be about the same as the other restaurant? Or are they going to be different? Okay, so I designed four concepts before we, we went to Fallon Fodder. Like it was boom, boom, boom. That sure. was number four. And then this time around, I designed a few more um, because the thought process was maybe it'd be different. We originally were looking down in Mami on Dussel at the old Tom and Chi restaurant. And uh, we put in a letter of intent, whole different concept, still part of the Fowl family. And uh, the landlord, it's Charlie, uh, Charlie's son, George. He, uh, I think he saw us as competition. He wouldn't, he wouldn't take our letter of intent. So if you want to open a restaurant, that Tom and Chi still open a year later. But that's when we started <laughs> talking to Matt. I don't know if he's just being tricky or sticky or with it or what. But um, you know, I was watching that building downtown, and it was like that's that is the spot. And people that were there that were going to rent it out didn't work out for them. We we took over in September, and at that point, I'm like, you know what? It just makes sense. Do the same menu duplicate what we do food wise. And then once mm-hmm. we get going a little bit, we're going to do fun things on the weekends, you know, monthly different specials. So we have in, in the true tra- tradition of us, we'll always change, but we'll keep yeah. this core menu and have some fun stuff for you. That's great. You're on Adam street. Are you guys going to have nights where you're open for the later crowd or? Yeah, right now it's really cool. Cause we'll have like 60 seats and we can do private events, which I've wanted to do um, for some time and we don't have the space for, so we can do those as we see fit. Um, I want to do some kind of chop championship with some of the local chefs, some of my buddies, and do some fun stuff at night like that. And if we get a 
we get the appropriate staff and the, the right people in there, we'll open up. But at this point in time, um, just special stuff after hours. But we have some fun stuff lined up for everybody. That's cool. great. Awesome. Definitely a good spot. A whole area is really, really growing pretty rapidly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Felon Fodder really is um, is going to be kind of the cornerstone on this on this block. I mean, we're looking to make it um, you know much bigger than just a you know place with a with a couple buildings. Sure. So, yeah. Um, so uh, different building owners and business owners on the block have been meeting uh, regularly over the past uh, I mean almost a couple of years now. Uh, and an architect, Kate McPherson, uh, who's also on the block, uh, has helped us out to create um, a plan for uh, for redoing the streetscape and using um, complete streets complete streets. Uh, type of methodology where we would make the street completely flat from uh, storefront on one side to storefront on the other side. And then we would define the street itself with things like uh, trees, um, bollards, uh, uh, bike racks, things like that. And we really want to encourage people to get out there um, on the street and, and be outside and help uh, help make downtown more vibrant. Um, so this group has been uh, kind of establishing our uh, our vision, our plan, and then working with the city uh, to find ways that we can we can kind of fold this project in when other infrastructure uh, things happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that sounds really interesting. Now, if we could only get DTID to clean that side of the street. Yeah, that is maybe one one challenge that um, you know we want we want the both sides of the street in this block to be kind of inclusive in the yeah. in the plan. But there are a couple things. Uh, you know, I don't want to say working against us, but we have uh, DTID, which is a tax assessment that a lot of the buildings pay downtown, and then mm-hmm. in turn they have the clean team that comes around and some other benefits. Yeah, the clean and safe crew. Mm-hmm. And right now, the uh, uh, the side where Fallen Fodder is is not covered under DTID, however, the opposite side is. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way with the Dora um, downtown refreshment area. Mm-hmm. So if you are on the side of the street opposite from where Fallen Fodder is, you can have a beverage. On the Fallen Fodder side, you cannot. So we're trying to work with the city to amend that. Um, right, it's to, just, it just seems really seems pretty stupid. <laughs> we, we would uh, we would prefer to to be included, but uh, yeah, but sure. we think you know the people we've we've talked to with the with the city and stakeholders downtown have been really receptive, mm-hmm. um, and so we're gonna you know, we're gonna keep keep pushing and keep keep the positive momentum going. Good, yeah. good deal. Did we forget anything? Is there anything else you'd like to mention before we move into the the trivia segment? The trivia. A uh, company that uh, that I started, Crane Development, uh, we're looking to help more uh, business owners move into downtown. So it's difficult. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, there's there's serious demand. So, you, I mean, you can't build apartment buildings fast enough downtown. The, I mean, the mm-hmm. residential population is booming. There's more buildings opening up here in the next couple months. Um, you've got Prometica, other businesses coming downtown. Hart uh, Associates, we're going to be moving down um, early next year. And so people don't, um, you know, they don't just, they want a unique experience. They want to have something that's special and they want to see downtown. Uh, as being unique. So there's this this demand for those kind of unique goods and services like what Scott offers. Uh, but then on the other side, on the business owner perspective, you know, I mean, there's a lot of risk involved in uh, in opening, you know, buying a building, uh, making renovations, you know, what what is market rent if I'm just going to pay that? So, um, so we try to kind of fill the gap and deliver those goods and services by working with those business owners uh, to help minimize their risk and and find a good good spot for them and then provide any any kind of support that we can help make that happen. So if they, if somebody is listening and is uh, needing those services, where, where do they go? Uh, I'd send them to crane development.com and it's mm-hmm. C R A N E uh, development.com. We'll throw that up in the show notes too. Cool. That'd be fantastic. Thank yep. you. And, and then fodder.com. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, um, <laughs> Go ahead and market ourselves shamelessly <laughs> for a minute. Yeah. Order online. It's easier. It's better. Fallonfodder.com. Order online. We'll get your food out to you. So that's better than calling in? 
Absolutely. Yeah. That's Don't good call and they're cooking. Well, <laughs> doing things, Bob. Pizza Cat doesn't even have a phone, okay? I'm just saying. So. Pizza Cat doesn't. All <laughs> Facebook don't. Messenger, man. That's it. They're like, we're not messing with it, and that's not a bad idea. But uh, no, for sure. Um, try our food sometime. Tell us what you think of it. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, I, I dig it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, worth, it's worth it. it. I will oh, order, order online in the morning and then drive to Sylvania from downtown <laughs> and then from, from Sylvania to Maumee to work. And it, maybe, you know, it has yeah. a little bit of time, so but you, worth you, it. Totally worth it. Listen to podcasts that whole time in the car. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah, we've been, we're excited about it being downtown because we do regularly drive all the way down, you know, to the central one to get breakfast. So it's going to be... I'm be awesome having it closer. for you to be walking distance from my office. So <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. Good. Thanks, yeah. guys. Well, all right, without further ado, let's get started with some Toledo Matters Trivia. Again, Toledo Matters Trivia is sponsored by Actual Coffee. If you guys enjoy the best coffee flavors, visit actualcoffee.com. Use the coupon code Toledo Matters, all one word, save yourself 20%. Today, you guys are going home with a blend of Kenya Katina. Um, sorry, Lance, if you know I butchered that name too. I think you got it right this week. Hey, all right, I'll give myself an applause. This was roasted uh, yesterday. And you're going to go home with this and it's Lido Matters mug should you do well on this trivia. But the way this works, first question should be easy, medium, hard, and then a bonus question. You get three out of four, you get a prize. You'll take home a prize anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get started. Question number one. In 1932, this restauranteur and his wife Rose received a $100 loan from relatives to open a sandwich and ice cream shop. And his location is still open today. Toledo <laughs> restaurant tour. Not really timed. It'll tick forever. <laughs> Don't give away my secrets. Man. <laughs> you got anything, Scott? No, I'm thinking. This is heavier. You can't can just be out loud, is it? I was thinking maybe Tony Pacos. You, you both can guess. Yeah, you I'm going, 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 going with Nettie's. I'm okay. going with Tony Pacos. Tony Pacos. Nice. Tony Pacos and his wife Rose. Obvious. Yeah, it's the easy one. All right, number two. Uh, this number one rated TripAdvisor restaurant in Toledo operates out of a former hotel that first opened in 1859. Going with uh, the Mommy Bay Brewing Company. Yes. All uh, right. Technically, the cafe is the is one the that's one. Yep, rated on TripAdvisor, but Mommy Bay right there. All right, question number three. On the corner of Monroe and Erie sits this mostly unused restaurant that dates all the way back to the 1930s. You'll kick I would say, when you... yeah. What is what is Ted's Hamburger Shop? Yeah, yes. right. yeah. And you phrased it like Jeopardy bonus points to you. <laughs> all right, Jeopardy's my jam. <laughs> and the bonus question: uh, This luxurious Toledo restaurant closed in the late 80s. But it used to be located on the West Central Avenue near Holland, Sylvania Road. It sported a Greek statue, some Waterford crystal chandeliers, classical music on a grand piano. It was known more as The Porch and was owned and operated by Nate's grandparents. So shameless plug there. Yeah. Where is that? We got it's, uh, it Central and Central, Sylvania. Like where all the car dealerships are now. It used gotcha. to be out that way. More commonly known as The Porch. That's a pretty good clue. Yeah, that is a pretty good clue. 
if you knew it. But yeah, I guess. It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> it was called Porch of the Maidens. Ooh. Yep. Oh, well, man. thank you guys so much for uh, playing along, having some fun. You did yeah, pretty darn you well. You're going to take home some prizes. prizes. It's wonderful. Hopefully you're yeah. coffee drinkers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looks fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, yeah no thank problem. you guys tell, for having us. Tell the actual coffee guys they rock too. They make some great coffee. So oh, we we definitely thank Lance <laughs> yeah, yeah. all the time. And also, <laughs> uh, don't forget if you are listening, you can still use the coupon code Toledo Matters to get twenty percent off your orders at ActualCoffee.com. Use the coupon code. <laughs> Please use the coupon code. <laughs> um, well, another thing we like to do with all of our guests is we uh, we ask you, do you have any hidden gems in or around Toledo that you think more people should know about? So. Uh, this is a place or you know anything or, really anything really that that you like that you think more people should know about well any, I'm, a, I'm a big promoter of downtown and would sure. say anywhere downtown because it's just the most beautiful place but uh but other than that i would have to go with the amphitheater at ottawa park oh that's a oh, good one yeah, yeah. definitely and it's uh, it's tucked back there but uh, it's great it was built uh, uh part of the new deal and is uh Beautifully crafted. I'm, I'm currently on the uh, Ottawa Drain Park Board, and we're trying to revitalize it and, and raise some funds to yeah, do that. And they have great, those great summer spot. concerts there, yeah. Yeah, which, which I've and gone the, to a few the times. The Germain Park mm-hmm. Bike Trail, kind of towards the end of it, goes right right past the amphitheater. Yep. Yeah, excellent mountain bike trail. If anybody hasn't seen it, I mean, it, it's it's fantastic. It's still out there. I haven't seen that yet. I've you been biking go. in like Colorado for most of my life, and it's it's a pretty technical trail. So if, like, even if you're like an right, experienced maybe... biker, you can still have some fun on it. I'm good mm-hmm. on that. Never mind. No, you can still do it. There's just a couple <laughs> areas where like if you want to go over a big jump, you can, or you can kind of go around it. It's pretty it's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And mostly maintained by volunteers. Right, cool. well. right. Just like the oak openings one and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Scott, what about you? This is tough. Like Danny said, you know, hey, this might happen. And so I had way too much time to think about it and, and <laughs> way too many things that I, I love about this city. So I'm I'm just going to throw this out here. I threw it out here to City Paper two years ago, but uh, Rose Thai is like my wife and my favorite Ooh. restaurant in town. It's on Monroe Street by Hobby Lobby. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I love Pad Kimau. And if you haven't had Pad Kimau, it's a treat. Get it medium if you like spicy food. If you don't like spicy food, don't get it at all. Um, <laughs> but they do it right. And I've had I've had you know thai food all over and uh i really it's just so cool that we have a place that does something that authentic here in town so yeah. what was that called again uh rose thai no no the the thing oh to pa- order. pad key you can order order drunken noodle say i want drunken noodle okay. oh, nice. don't say spicy uh, right it'll hurt <laughs> you want it to hurt i think on our last show somebody so said rose thai is it that might be true yeah i think so yeah it's, it's, it's they do phenomenal and then tom yum soup too you gotta try the tom yum soup it's like nothing you've ever had before it all so. sounds really good i yeah, love spicy it's good. oh it's dinner time i know perfect time to have this conversation yeah. <laughs> how do we always get on the topic of food <laughs> because we record around dinner time yeah, that's yeah. or that's lunch time so all right guys thanks a lot for coming yep. we really appreciate it been a pleasure good Thank luck you. with the new restaurant good luck with the you'll be seeing us one. there for sure yeah for sure awesome thanks a lot thanks guys All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us for the 42nd episode of the Toledo Matters podcast. Danny, take us on out. For more information on Stott and Matt and Fallon Fodder, visit their website at FallonFodder.com. Toledo Matters is always recorded out of the magnificent recording studios of Waveflow Media. Nate and the Waveflow team are the most professional audio engineering studio around, I promise. It'll make you and your guests sound pretty dang crispy. Waveflowmedia.com. Thank you again to the Toledo Matters Trivia Prize sponsor, Actual Coffee. If you guys want to use the discount code Toledo Matters, all one word, at checkout, you'll receive 20% off your actual coffee order. Thank you, Lance. 
Another big thank you to the ridiculously talented designer Jacob Parr. Our logo, cover photo, and much of everything else you see visual to Toledo Matters was created by Jacob. For more of his work, or if you just want to kick your brand up a notch, visit jacobparr.design. You can always get more information about this show and a map of the hidden gems our guests have mentioned at ToledoMatters.com. And thank you, Toledo, for tuning in and making Toledo matter. Until next time, we wish you well.